Check. Check. Thanks for joining us once again here at the Grassy Knoll studio behind the console and welcome to our inaugural episode of our new show, Live Off the Floor. It's where bands come in, set up and put it all out there. There's no musical edits, no samples, no auto-tune. It's the band under the audio microscope showing us what they're made of. So joining us here in the studio is Drew McKay and the Drew McKay Band. I'm sitting here with Drew McKay, and while we wait for the rest of his band to set up in the live room and get ready to play, we're going to have a quick chat here with Drew. Well, thanks for joining us, Drew. Glad to have you in the studio. Wonderful to be here. Now, I understand that your band has just had their first gig. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we just played at the Bourbon downtown, uh, I think it's Gastown. Uh, we're open up for Murray Atkinson had the choke and officer trip with us playing as well and it was great it was a whirlwind all day um every show it's the anticipation leading up to it and the preparation and then you're making lists so you don't forget stuff and checking the van over twice and then you get there and you just wait for your turn and try to stave off the nervous energy but uh it was a fantastic show. We had a ball. The crowd was f- phenomenal and uh, went by like like nothing. Well, from what I understand, it was a fairly successful gig. I've seen the comments on that on social media, and it sounds like you guys slayed pretty well. Yeah, I mean, if, if someone doesn't throw a beer on us, I, I'd consider that a good gig. <laughs> okay, well, I know that you are promoting your new album, Heaven and Hell, so let's chat a little bit about that. For sure. Um, Put out an album, Heaven and Hell, recently, and uh, I got to work with some really amazing musicians while we built the album. I had Pat Stewart from The Odds and Brian Adams, and I had uh, Sean Vareau playing guitar for me. He's a personal hero of mine, and we had Randall Burgess playing bass, and uh, we also had Daryl Havers from Brickhouse doing some keyboards and organ and stuff like that. And it was, it was an absolute blast and a, kind of a dream come true to kind of get to work with players of that caliber and see my vision come to light. No doubt. I've heard the record and it sounds great. Obviously, guys like that, they only kind of jump on board when they're into or behind the music. It's not like they have to go and play session for anyone or everyone who calls. So that's pretty cool feather in your cap i would think absolutely i mean i think it's fair to say that most musicians if not all are pretty self-conscious and uh like to have a little bit of um how do you say they like to know that they're doing all right and uh getting those guys on board was something that felt really good even just to have them say yes to playing and then getting to actually work with them and I won't lie, I had to definitely pull my socks up just to keep up with those guys, but by the end of it, I felt pretty proud of myself and proud of what we had made. Yeah, totally, you should. I mean, the names you drop, they're pretty heavyweight musicians, so to be able to just to keep up with those guys, that says something musically. It does, yeah, and it, it helps that they're all really great guys and super down-to-earth, and they were willing to work through any issues that I had with either songs or different guitar or vocal parts 
uh, they were really giving in that regard. No, I can attest to that. Those guys, I know some of them, and they are some of the nicest guys in the music business, truly. So Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, the next question I have for you, then, is that the fellas that are here right now this evening with us that are setting up in my live room, those aren't the fellas you mentioned. They're not. They're a couple of different guys. Um, obviously, when you're recording an album and you get players of that standard to track with you they're busy most of the time doing other projects their own groups and other sessions so trying to get them to join a full-time band it's it's a little bit difficult and i would love to have had had them and maybe someday i will um but we don't have any gold albums yet fingers crossed maybe someday we will yeah. and uh that being said the guys that i did manage to cajole into joining me uh, are, are no slouches so I, I really love playing with my my band now as well and it's a completely different atmosphere and, and uh, different kind of thing going out on stage with those guys well we're gonna chat with them after you guys play some music for us but prior to that why don't you just tell our listeners a little bit about them kind of give them a heads up uh, who we got in the studio with you today yeah, we got my drummer and good friend Stefan Grabowski. Um, we have Chris Friesen playing guitar and doing some vocals, and we have. <laughs> there's no kind way to put it. He he he's. <laughs> no, my old friend and, and uh, partner in crime Graham Hahn. Right on. Doing bass and vocals. Sweet. Well, it looks like they are ready to go now. So why don't you head on into the live room and uh, play us a tune? Sounds good. I, it looks like they've set up my gear for me. Nice.
You guys want to come back in here now then? Yes, sir. All right, well, we've all had our bathroom breaks and grabbed a beverage. Everyone's back in the control room, so let's start off with musical influencers. We're going to start with Graham. Okay, I, I, my dad and I have a pretty huge record collection, so when I was a kid, I grew up on uh, most of the classics. Like we listened to a ton of Beatles, we listened to a ton of uh, Zeppelin, uh, pretty much anything with really long hair. <laughs> pretty much the rules. The 80s were good to you. Yeah, right? Uh, it explains a lot about your physical appearance. Doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I actually look pretty much the same as my dad did when he was my age. Uh, and then uh, and then a whole lot of pop punk through the teens. Yes. <laughs> and now it's all kind of coming full circle. Now it's a mix of pop punk and all the stuff I started with. <laughs> cool. Stefan. Uh, my, my earliest influence I remember was my mom playing Metallica. And I loved it. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. hilarious. My, my mom was like a diehard Metallica fan. And then so I got really into Metallica. And then um, I everyone tried to get me into Megadeth. And I could never do it. Dave Mustaine's great in ways. But I could never catch on to the Megadeth train. And then I got really into Disturbed. Now, is that a good or bad <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew you were going to laugh. <laughs> because my next thing is, is that a good or bad thing? I don't know. No, How, however, I went through a big like phase of like that kind of hard rock. And then it slowly got into more. I got really into like Tool and Mastodon. Like, I guess, quote unquote, proggier. And, uh, and then it kind of just like opened up to everything from like, Jazz, funk, metal, like really heavy, like Meshuggah style metal. And the only thing I never really caught on to was like country. That was the yeah. only one I never really delved into. Otherwise, I've kind of gla- grabbed on to everything else. <laughs> but the early influence was like, yeah, Metallica, Tool, Disturbed. Cool. Well, I think I speak for all of us when I say, and then from a drumming perspective, it later moved to more session and touring drummers, like we were talking about, like Chris Coleman, Tony Rosa Jr., Thomas Lang, those kind of guys, from a drummer's influence. Which, which no one asked you for. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm giving Sorry, it to you. All right. Just busted. Uh, when I was young, I grew up a lot on when my dad was playing on the radio, which was like Deep Purple, Pink Floyd, Zeppelin. He actually didn't like the Beatles, um, my mom really liked the Beatles, so I, I still listen to it sometimes. But like only sort of the the popular Beatles tunes that everybody knows. So I grew up on a lot of classic rock, and then um, into high school, randomly discovered progressive rock and progressive metal. Which, yeah, it was we were playing like the the game Rock Band, and a Dream Theater song came on, and I was like, "Who the heck are these guys? These guys are sweet." And then I got super into Dream was Theater. Was it Motion? Uh, it was Panic Attack and then oh, Constant yeah. Motion. The two Dream Theater songs on <laughs> freaking Rock Band yeah. or Guitar Hero. I don't remember which one it was. And so then I got into Progressive, um, a lot of Dream Theater, a lot more Rush, huh. which yeah. was really good. I love Rush. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then I actually did 
three years of jazz school, which was totally kind of like, I'm not a jazz player, but it was interesting to learn that kind of style of music and how different it is in terms of like chord progression and everything. And then it was funny looking back at the progressive metal that I had sort of gotten into and seeing like the more complex chords. So kind of a weird fusion of like rock, prog and jazz and rock's kind of the main root of it though. That's so, where I would keep it. So jazz school taught you to find the one and forget everything else. Yeah. <laughs> I was never good at finding the one in, in uh, the jazz tunes. Neither was Morpheus. <laughs> <laughs> Drew. And that segues into... <laughs> Me? Uh, I'm a big fan of the Beatles and Petty, and uh, I'm wearing a Purple Rain shirt, so kind of a little bit of old school rock and some funk and some blues guitarists like Stevie and Jimmy and whole lot of other stuff. I, I'll listen to anything, but not really country. Like, yeah, don't y'all, really. Y'all can't see it, but fist although ball. I, I yeah. <laughs> Steph's been making a lot of hand motions this whole time yeah, that you sense. guys can't see. Forgetting that no one can see it. Yeah, so toss. <laughs> um, I do like Johnny Cash though. That guy's the man in black was not country. Well, yeah, yeah, that was he back when country. That was like True. folk, really. I mean, yeah, when it was stories, really. That's. Way different than now. Now they only have one story and they just retell it every time. <laughs> three chords. Strummed really fast. Yeah, exactly. But now they growl it a little. Yeah, I mean, well, well, no, and now it's like rap. That yeah, old town. Rap country. Old oh, town God. Road. Yeah. How many, how many different ways can you sing that your truck broke down on the road? Apparently quite a few. It's a problem. I mean, well, there's a lot of trucks. <laughs> yeah. We seem to segue to another segment, but actually that was a decent segue because we're on the road. Road stories. Drew. Oh, lordy lord. Okay. I'm trying to find the appropriate ones. (laughs) See, when you're on the road, you do a lot of things to entertain yourself after driving for hours upon hours between, like, Saskatchewan and Ontario. Is that... There's another one. Yeah, Manitoba. (laughs) There there is a province in between us. That's why you try to entertain yourself. Well, it's from the prairies to Ontario and stuff. Um... So one group I was in, we had to stop to use the washroom, and it was just a truck stop that no one was, there was no one there. No, it was not when I met Graham, (laughs) but I had him in the back of my mind. Um, So we were at this truck stop, no one was there, and one of the band members found a diaper, and just pretext, this was an unused diaper... (laughs) It was moderately fresh, as in nothing in it other than rain and maybe some dirt. Okay. I think it was dirt. Anyways, we all decided that we should try it on. And <laughs> Here I'm waiting that it was the toilet paper, but no, we're actually modeling a diaper. So somewhere in the ether, there's a picture of me wearing a diaper that we found on the side of the somewhere road. Somewhere in between Saskatchewan and Ontario? Yeah. yeah. In that forgotten province. <laughs> Steph, any... Favorite road um, stories? Not so... Well, it's somewhat... Yeah, in Revelstoke once, um, uh, with, with the band I play with, um, we were playing at a place called The Last Drop, and it's like a just a bar, a pub, whatever, and there was a bunch of like first-year UBC students in Revelstoke for... I don't know what they were doing, and they all were like 
this band I was playing is like hard rock, heavy metal, like not something that first year university students typically want to listen to. <laughs> um, and they were like a couple of them were really like interested and like when we were setting up they were up talking to us and wanted to like see the gear and I was like whatever sure like I let one of the kids sit at the drums he's like oh like I love drums so anyways um we started playing and me and the bass player like we're talking right before we went on and we're like this is not gonna end well like these <laughs> kids want to party like these kids want like like some trap and like EDM like this is not gonna they're go waiting well. for the drop they, yeah they were waiting for the drop and they were all like ready cheering us on like and I was like this no this is not gonna like this is not their vibe and sure enough um, second song in a shoe was thrown at us and we cleared the room <laughs> like cleared it like, like you guys left or everyone else left? yeah yeah <laughs> we should have left um, but no like there was probably like I'm not kidding like close to 100 university students in this little bar. Like, the place was packed. It was great. In our eyes, it was looking awesome until we started playing and we cleared the room and <laughs> got it, a shoe thrown at us. Did it hit any of you guys? It hit our guitarist in the shin, actually. Oh did you keep the shoe? Um, I don't remember. I just remember seeing the shoe fly on stage. I started laughing. And <laughs> you missed out I on think a great the, souvenir. I, <laughs> oh, oh, I, I, I think the kid actually came up and retrieved it. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> and then that's after cute. the show, me and the bass player walked 45 minutes to Denny's in the snow. Had Denny's, got back to her room around four in the morning, and it was it was a great night. See, I think <laughs> if he'd left the shoe on stage, that would have said way more, because like that means you hate the band. Yeah, enough to walk like home he with hated us so much that he's like, I don't even want that shoe yeah. anymore. So you're <laughs> saying there's a chance. <laughs> Just to clarify, when you cleared the room, what do you mean you cleared the oh, room? Oh, like. Like, all those kids left. Every one of them. They were like, boom. But it's Revelstoke. There's nowhere else to go. So what did you do? They went, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I was like, waiting for you to say, well, then we ran into all 100 of them at Denny's. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, we thought about that when we were walking to Denny's. We were like, watch. We're going to run into them, and like, it's just going to be super awkward. And you're going to get we, the other shoe. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Ordering pancakes, and oh, it'll just serve you. Like, I'm afraid to ask, but Graham... <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I've been I've been really trying to find one that's not really inappropriate. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, uh, okay, this one I, I, oh, I'm okay. gonna try this one. We'll see how you feel. About <laughs> try. The statute uh, of limitations has we, expired. You know those gigs that you play purely for gas money? Oh, uh, uh, well, we we played one of those in Salmon Arm, and yep. yeah, right. Like why else? <laughs> and also, for the record, I do remember Manitoba because we always stopped for pierogies and Brandon. But uh, but in this stupid place in Salmonar, we got this gig, and the guy who ran this club was this little gay Filipino dude, and he was awesome. Like, he had energy for days, for everything. He would just, like, jump out of the walls to get you guys whatever you needed all the time. And so we, we set up for this gig, and the place was shit-packed, just full. And we played the set, and everybody was having a great time, and we finished the set, last note of the last song rings out, and immediately the place just empties. Like there had been some kind of tornado warning. They were just out. And we finished and, and we were like, you know, clearing down our shit. And we're talking to the guy who owns the place. He's like, you guys were great. That was so much fun. And we're, we're like, where the fuck is everybody? What happened? Where did everybody go? And he was like, oh, 
it's across the parking lot. The strippers are in town. It's like when the rodeo comes. <laughs> <laughs> Legitimately, the entire town just left to go see the strippers right next door. And it, it was the weirdest like goddamn tour, thing. Like ever. a touring stripping act? That was like... the worst part. There were two of them. <laughs> two strippers that just changed places all night. Like, one would be on stage, the other one would be waiting, and then they would just switch for, like, six hours of the same two. So you guys are stars. like, we're doing awesome, and oh. like, we our show was stolen by two strippers. so funny. I was just proud that they, like, waited to go to the strippers till after we finished. That was a nice feeling. Right. Mm-hmm. It was good. <laughs> Not what I was expecting, but yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, that was better than most of them. Like, I'm trying uh, to clean this kick in. Um... I haven't been on the road much, but probably one of the more amusing things that happened on the last tour I was on, we were, I don't remember what state we were in, but we were staying in USA the, or mentally? Like, yeah, mentally. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of both. Okay, good. Uh, we, were, we were somewhere in the States, and uh, the place we were staying overnight was like massive, massive building. And we were like, well, you know, it's it's like nine. We're not super tired, but it's dark out. There's literally nowhere to go out here. So we played this giant game of hide-and-seek. And partway through the bottom floor of the building, I had found this, like, three-and-a-half-foot-tall statue of a bear. And it was really funny because it was super dark, but you could kind of see the silhouette of it. So I kept putting it in random places and then having people just suddenly be like, Oh! And they would turn the corner and there'd just be this figure there. And that was super funny. And then at the same time, one of my friends on the tour was, like, fully germaphobe. Like, hmm. Just couldn't be anywhere near anything Grand. dirty. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. So, at one point, he managed to find his way into a bathroom and crawl into a closed bathroom stall. Which, I don't know how he managed that. But once he was in there, he realized where he was oh, no. and freaked out because he's total germaphobe, and then turned to run out, but he'd crawled under the closed door and just <laughs> slammed right into it. And we didn't know until the next morning that's where he had, like, done that. Did because he just it was pass so out dark. like, you found no, he, We just heard kind of a slam, and yeah, I don't remember what happened Muffled after that. screams. But... <laughs> yeah, that was, that was hilarious. The bear thing was funny, because I must have got a... Like almost everybody, at, one, at least more than once, probably. It was really funny. Very good. All right, guys. Well, look. Why don't you head back in the live room, play us some music. Sweet. Well, just before you run back in there, Drew, why don't you set up the next two songs for us? All right, we're gonna play you guys. Hear me out first, right and then on. we're gonna lead into Ankle Biters. Both of these songs off the Heaven and Hell album. Awesome. Yeah. 
That was just fantastic. Thanks for coming out to our inaugural show of Live Off the Floor. Drew, we want to play five or six tunes off of your album. Why don't you set those up for us before you head out? For sure. Uh, We're going to have you guys listen to Don't You Dare, Mark My Words, Carnival King, Heaven and Hell, Find Home Through Hell, and Happiness Lately. Phenomenal. Thanks again for making it out here, Drew. No problem. It was our pleasure.
back in the riot The tension, the violence Means keeping with quiet But I'm breaking the silence
got some tears between our feet. Oh, oh. Happiness lately. Punchlines are what tears broke down. Punch till it's only